Hey guys, welcome to our Coffee with Alan time today. Um, so I'm here at Cold Smoke. You might be hearing around me in, in the background, but uh, so I've been I've been working through the thought today. So I listened to a, a sermon on the way to to here this morning, um, to on the way here to Cold Smoke today, um, by a guy named Alistair Begg, and just re recalibrating my thoughts of where where I believe that God has been leading us, and. Uh, <coughs> It's 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 you know one of those things where you you, you know that you're along with God and on his on his trajectory and where he's wanting you to go, how everything just kind of he, he starts to lead these things into your life. Now it could be your perspective, maybe you're just observing these things, or just simply I mean everything I've read, everything that I've heard, um, every conversation that I have seems to be going and coming back to this this uh, this concept of transformation, this con- this concept of trajectory having a perspective having a view like even an email that my dad sent me uh, yes I think it was yesterday <coughs> you know just talking about this having a family contract and you know leading me in the direction that uh, of transformation of having a trajectory and being able to recalibrate from uh, this concept of of, of of just living our lives without a without a vision without a trajectory and how as a, as a church, it is so incredibly important for us to have a vision as a church, to have a plan, to have a trajectory ahead of us that we're shooting for, not just something that we're trying to fight against. And so, um, and, and, you know, so as we, as we come together as, as a church, you know, that's one of the, the main reasons why we're called Shift Church, because we're shifting our thinking. We're shifting our thinking about this thing that we call church. Um, think, shifting our thinking, shifting the way that we perceive our identity as as individual believers, uh, seeing it through the full grace of Jesus Christ, and also seeing our identity as the church, our identity as God's people, as God's holy people. And so, and so, seeing what that means for our lives and our faith as, as saints, but also what is the message that we bring to the world around us? What is the message? I hope that you've been hearing this message these last weeks, uh, these last weeks of, of, uh, of preaching in you know, communion and you know, who, who we are in Christ and the communion that we have with God individually and the communion that we have with God collectively. Um, I'm, try, I'm even trying to get what, you know, shifting my thinking away from the word you know, corporate, you know, the corporate body to a collective and, and this collective of people that come together of their own volition, of their own passion, of their own heart and desire because of who they are. They have a shared ethos, a shared identity, and that's what a collective is. And so I think the church is, is you know, so much more beautifully expressed in the word collective. And, and so as we, as we enter our time today, um, having that in our minds, like what is God shifting our thinking to, to think and to, to believe? Uh, as we go forward in our own personal lives. And so as we've been shifting our thinking as a church, what does it maybe look like for you to shift your thinking uh, individually as you, as a family? Uh, and so I've been putting it together, I've been, I'm starting work on a, an exciting project um, that I want to kind of uh, reveal to you guys. So we, we have the church frame uh, as our church, you know, we have the four sides of the frame. And so looking at developing a concept of a family 
vision frame. So my family and I have developed one, and so we're just put, working out the, the kinks and, and, and basically writing some material on the what and, and actually living it out. You know, living out our own family vision frame. We've set it, and now we're trying to live it out. And so um, hopefully in the in the next months or so, hopefully before a year a year has passed, uh, I'd like to roll this out because I think it's so helpful of a tool for us to have a vision and a trajectory, uh, a, a vision for our lives, a vision for our families. Um, and I think because God has a vision for us, and, and I love how Paul expresses this in the book of Colossians. Um, I, I can just read the whole thing. Uh, I don't want to read too much, but as I'm processing through this, I, I'd like to bring you along this journey um, because because Paul does something amazing here. So he, he says he says this in Colossians 1. Uh, I'm going to read quite a bit, and, so, and I'll process as, as we go through. So this is uh, Colossians 1. <coughs> uh, well, I'll just start from the beginning. Uh, My dear friends in Colossae, my name is Paul, and I have been chosen by Jesus Christ to be his apostle by the calling and and destined purpose of God. My colleague Timothy and I send this letter to all the holy believers, the saints, who have been united to Jesus as beloved followers of the Messiah. May God, our true Father, release upon your lives the riches of his kind favor and heavenly peace through, through the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So even there, he starts with his identity. He starts with his perspective, his trajectory. This is who he is, his name, but also his calling what, and his purpose. What has God called him to be and to do? Um, and so that's a beautiful expression of, of Paul's understanding of his vision, of his trajectory, his vision frame, his values. Uh, so he says, every time we pray for you, our hearts overflow with thanksgiving to, to Father God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your devoted lives of faith in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus and your tender love toward all his saints, holy believers. Uh, your faith and love rise within you as you access all the treasures of your inheritance stored up in the heavenly realm. For the revelation of the true gospel is as real today as the day you first heard of our glorious hope. Now that you have believed in the truth of the gospel. So he, he, Paul is reminding them. Of this is your identity. This is who you've believed in. This is what your your purpose is. And he continues on. He said, this is the wonderful message that is being spread everywhere powerfully, changing hearts throughout the earth, just like it has changed you. Every believer of this good news bears the fruit of eternal life as they experience the reality of God's grace. Our beloved co-worker Epaphras was there from the beginning to, rough, to thoroughly teach you uh, the astonishing revelation of the gospel, and he serves you faithfully as Christ's representative. He's informed us of the many ways, one, many wonderful ways, love is being demonstrated through your lives by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Since we first heard about you, we've kept you always in our prayers, that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives, making you reservoirs, le- reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. We pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing you do. Then you'll become fruit-bearing branches, yielding to his life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. Now, this is an expression of being transformed. This, this is the message you believe, and this is the message by which you are being changed, by being transformed, becoming uh, fruit-bearing branches, yielding to this life, maturing growing up, maturing in your life, in, your, in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. 
Uh, and we pray that you would be energized with all of his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. And this is the, the way that we express this, this, this faith, the, the way that we express this faith and, and are maturing and, and, and bearing fruit. This is the expression. This is the fruit. What do you say? Being energized, being filled with great hope. Uh, as the Greek text translates it as patient endurance. This patient endurance, being filled with great hope. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by the living light, by, by living in the light. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. And I love, I love this. So he, he wraps up this, this section by uh, reminding us who he is, who we are, the gospel that we have believed, and what that makes us. And it sets our trajectory of, of growing and in, in, in maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness, go, growing up in our faith, growing and getting better, developing our faith, developing into what? Being energized with all the explosive power from, this, from the realm of his magnificent glory. So our, our fuel. Our, our trajectory, the what fills us up, what gets us going, and what fills us with knowledge, what fills us with wisdom, what fills us with, with energy and inspiration and excitement and, and all these things is the, is, the is the explosive power flowing from his glory, from his magnificent glory. And what does this do? What does this produce in our lives? Great hope. And I'd add to that love and joy, peace. It, it produces, what does it say? Yielding the, what is it? You'll become fruit-bearing branches. It develops us, in us, the fruit of the Spirit. When we are energized, fueled by, just like food is fueling to us, we are fueled by His, His, His glory, and it manifests itself, manifests itself as food. And so it's not just the food that, you know, like, like the living water that Jesus, with the, the woman at the well, He said, if you would have asked me, I would have given you living water. To, to it would it, you know this water that, that breathes and brings life so that you can bubble up with eternal life and bubble up and out and become a fountain of water so water living water coming out of you not just getting into you going into you and flowing out of you and so we feast on Christ we feast on his glory on his power we're energized we, our food is his glory and it manifests itself as fruit as food for others uh, and, and so it fills us with this great hope and that hope, man, especially right now, if you've been watching people around me, you know, just walking, you know, of course, it's the mandate of wearing face masks. But that's just this, this whole belief is that is this having great hope, being filled with great hope in the midst of all this fear, in the midst of the year of fear, as I preached on Sunday. Um, and so in the midst of all of this, being filled with great hope because our food is the explosive power it, you know, that which energizes our spirits, our very lives is the power from God's magnificent glory. And that fills us with great hope. It fills us with great endurance, patient endurance, perseverance, as I preached on Sunday. And how does this do this? How does, how does Paul do this? And what is, what is Paul's fuel that he, he gives us as in, this inspiration for this? Well, what he does is something amazing. He paints a picture of that glory. And what is that glory? Christ. Jesus Christ is our hope, is the hope of glory, Christ in you, which I'll get to here in a second. But he paints this beautiful image of God, 
of Christ. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God, and the first heir of all creation. For in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority. It all exists through him and for his purpose. Which is why he says in, in Ephesians 6 you know, it, it, that our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but it's with these, with this. With all the government, you know, principalities, and authorities that exist in the heaven, in the heavenly realms, he existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. He is the head of his body, which is the church. That's us, God's holy ones. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and on earth is brought back to himself, is reconciled back to God, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Uh, it literally means back to himself. Um, and actually, you know, the, the, these actually were probably the, this was probably a hymn that they sung. These are probably poetic words that they're using to express and sing glories to God. This is the glory, the magnificent glory. They're celebrating this. Uh, Paul is giving them resources to celebrate this. Even though you were once distant from him, we were all distanced from him. We, we, all, we all didn't start out with this, with, this, with this great hope. We all didn't start out believing the gospel. We all, you know, all of us didn't, didn't know God. All of us didn't see the supremacy in this beautiful picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We were all lost. We were distant from him. Um, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He did the work. As I posted on social media this morning, I was reading in this in this book. This is called "The Road Back to You." Uh, it, this is an enneagram journey to self-discovery. It's it's a beautiful book because it's it's talking about our relationship with Christ, understanding ourselves because. Um, Understanding our, our, you know, how God has created us in His image, getting through all of the distractions, as He says, um, what, what He says, uh, the purpose of the Enneagram is to show us how we can release the paralyzing arthritic grip we've kept, we've kept on old, we've we've kept on old self-defeating ways of living, so that we can open ourselves to experiencing more freedom and become our best selves. And it's not, it's not just this. You know, get, becoming our best, you know, living your best life now. You know, it's, it's not this, this concept of you, 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 you. It's you so that you can understand Christ. It's so that you can understand Jesus. It's so you can understand the creation, the image of God that he has created in you. Uh, because we've, we've, we've placed all these things. We've been living in this self-deception. What did he say? He said, you know, in, the, in that passage, um, the, you know, to show us to release the paralyzing arthritic grip we've kept on old self-defeating ways of living. That, I mean, that's the essence of sin. The essence of sin is, is just is simply that wrong thinking, is wrong understanding. As it says, um, <coughs> you know, evil thoughts and actions. And he reconnected us back to himself. He took away all the the, deceit, the deceitful thinking, the wrong thinking and, and that leads to wrong actions out of us. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence, be fueled by his glory, uh, energized by his glory. And now there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. If indeed you continue to advance in faith, uh, 
assured of a firm foundation to grow upon. Never be shaken from the hope of the gospel that you have believed in. And this is the glorious news I preach all over the world. I can even celebrate the sorrows I have experienced on your behalf. For as I join with you in your difficulties, it helps you to discover what lacks in your your understanding of the suffering Jesus Christ experienced for his body, the church. Jesus Christ suffered. And Paul is suffering for the church in this passage. And he's showing the church that it's okay to suffer. Suffer Suffering is okay because we're we're suffering because our our Christ, our our Savior, Jesus Christ, also suffered uh, and made satisfaction on our behalf. And he said, you know, don't don't be surprised when when suffering comes. Don't be surprised when the world hates you. The world's going to hate you, you know, but keep going. Keep pressing in. What he says, don't never be shaken from the hope of the gospel that you have believed in. And this is the glorious news news that that I preach all over the world. This is the glorious news that you preach, that we preach, that I preach continually. And this is the the gospel I always preach, the the gospel of grace. it helps you to discover what lacks in your own understandings of, of the of the sufferings of Jesus Christ experienced for his body, the church. This is the very reason I've been made a minister by the authority of God and a servant to his body so that in his detailed plan, I would fully equip you with the word of God. And that's my mission as, you know, as a fellow called, you know, priest, you know, prophet, preacher, teacher, what, what do you want to call me? You know, I'm a minister. I've been made a minister by the authority of God and a servant to to you the body, you who are listening and watching, you who are participating in, in these times and participating on Sunday with being a part of the church, with with being in the ad groups. Like these, the ministry that God has given me to, to do and to live is that which you are partaking of. And that is this, to equip you with the word of God. And I, I, and I, com- I commit and, and devote myself to that, that mission, that vision again. And, and to be more and more effective in, in the days and years to come, the months, years, decades to come. I pray to, that I'll be here, you know, 40, 50 years later, you know, on my deathbed, still proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to you, to you church. Uh, and so this is the detailed plan of, of, that God has given. And this is the beauty. There is a divine mystery, a, a his secret surprise. I love how the passion puts that. <laughs> that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now has been revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer, every saint to experience. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ, here it is, the mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. That is the glory. That is what God wants for you. That is what God wants for everyone. And Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion. This is the fuel. He's talking about that fuel, that, that energy, that, you know, what energizes him. Uh, that Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity with his power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. And he goes on, and, I, and I'll, I'll probably come, come back to this in, in, in uh, days and, and, uh, and weeks to come. But I want to touch on it for just a moment here. This is, this is what he's talking about. He's, he's leading them back to Christ. He's leading them back to the hope of glory. He's leading them back to the, you know, this, this, this is the peace. This is the hope. This is the glory. This is, this is what drives us. This is the, the, that which is within us as our fuel and, and creating fruit in our lives. And, and, he, and he presses in. He presses in. He continually presses in to remind us of this truth, to remind us of the truth. 
why what so then there okay so we we're, we're in this hope and this is what we're continually pressing into this is what's driving us and encouraging us and fueling our lives and, and so it's this uh, we, we he's contending for us to believe this and understand us and it goes back to that that concept of maturing maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness this is his desire and that is our life our life is we are we are enough that we have been made holy we have been made righteous as he said uh, I love how he, how he puts this where, where is it I think I've lost it <laughs> somewhere in here um, let's see if I can find it here um, there it is uh, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. That is how God sees us. And so, if, and so, what does that have to do with shifting your thinking? So this is all of our, our life, right? So our life is shifting our thinking. Our life is leaning into that. Christ is our message that we have been made holy, flawless, and restored. As he, as he says here, without an indictment. God himself doesn't have an indictment against us. I was even bring, you know, reading this morning in, in, uh, in 1 Samuel uh, in Chronicles where, uh, where he talks about David's, you know, the infamous, you know, you know, David and Bathsheba, you know, where David falls. And he gets into this, this, this just element of just shame and guilt and condemnation. He's just feeling the weight of this stuff. And his, even his son who is born to him through... Through adulterous means, and you know Uriah, you know David sends Uriah to the front lines. You know the Bathsheba's husband to die, and he, he all of this stuff is wrong. All of this stuff is evil. All of this stuff is sin. Is wrong is wrong belief. Wrong wrong understanding. Wrong thinking that manifests itself manifests itself in wrong action, and people suffer. Bathsheba suffer. I mean, it, it's interesting that you know the Bible doesn't even talk about how Bathsheba really even dealt with this. I mean, she it says that she mourned for her husband when she found out that he was dead, and then David took her as his, as, as his wife. And so it's like, where was she doing with it? What was she doing with all, in all of this? How was she feeling? How was she processing this? How did David process all of this stuff? Because you know, God even said, hey, because you this this child was was born by adulterous means. Guess what? He's going to die. And da, you know, David was told this by God. But he still mourned. He was like, maybe if, if I if I mourn and, and put myself in sackcloth and ashes and fast and, and don't eat, maybe God will, will be gracious to me and, and my son will live. But God had already said, no, your son's going to die. And so, you know, the consequences for, for David of this adulterous relationship. And so, but, and so how, do, how then do we wrestle with this? How then do we wrestle with, with sin, with wrong thinking, with man, which manifests itself in wrong action in our lives? How do we understand ourselves? Uh, because it's interesting, like in, the, in this Enneagram book, which, uh, I'm going to talk about a lot more about this. This is kind of just an introduction because I'm processing through it. So I'm just processing with it you know, through this podcast as well because I'm wrapping my mind around this as well. And so uh, as we think about um, right thinking, which manifests itself in right action, wrong thinking, which manifests itself in wrong action. So wrapping our mind around who, you know, understanding how we, how we tick, what is our shape? That's a little preview for uh, for the for uh, for 2021 uh, sermon series coming up, and so, what is our shape? What is what is our personality? What how do we think? How do we tick? How do we how do we how do we focus? What what inspires us? What is it that energizes us to get up and out of bed in the morning? Um, is it truly Christ? You know, we to, that awakens our heart and brings you into the full understanding of truth. And has, has this become your inspiration and passion uh, in your life to labor with tireless intensity? 
um, which is you know power, his power flowing through you to present to present yourself you know holy and righteous and mature, fully fully satisfied, um, mature at the revelation of of, of Christ. Um, so I, I, this is my desire for us is to first fully understand Christ and to understand the image of Christ that he has implanted upon every heart by getting out of our own way, understanding how he has shaped us through our spiritual gifts, our heart, our emotions, our abilities, our uh, personality and our experiences. How is God shaping us in our lives for his ministry? Like you said, I've been made a minister by the authority of God. How has God made you a minister? Because here, here's my belief, you guys. Every person is a saint and every member of the church is a minister. It's not just that me, you know, I, I'm the leader of, of all this. I'm the, the, the lead sheep, uh, you know, of, you know, and God, you know, God has given, you know, delegated to the sheep leadership among the sheep. And so as he has his own imagery in scripture. And so I am, you know, I'm the lead, I'm leading us in this. And, but we are all ministers. You are a minister. If you're watching and listening to this, you are a minister. Did you know that? God has called you to ministry. And what is that ministry? your life that it's my it's my job to equip you with the word of god for the work of ministries it says in ephesians 4 this is my calling to equip you for the work of ministry because you are a minister and the ministry one to another so that the you us us together as the church the body of christ is built up in love this is my calling this is your calling and so we need to get out of our own ways to understand who we are, how God has created us, how God has shaped us uh, for, for life and godliness and ministry going forward. And how, how is God desiring for us? What is the fruit? What does it say? You know, fruit, how does he desire to produce? What is the fruit that he's desiring to produce in you? Fruit of the Spirit, yes. But what is the ministry fruit? Um, you know, becoming fruit-bearing branches, yielding to his life, maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. And so that, that's going to be the question that I'm, that I'm going to be posing more and more as we, as we wrap up the, the rest of this year with, you know, the rest of this month and, and, uh, and December, uh, these next, what, five, six or seven weeks or so, uh, what is, how is God wrapping up probably the worst year of our lives? <laughs> Hopefully I'm praying this is the worst year of our lives that, you know, every, this is be like the, oh my gosh, you know, everything in the future is like, well, at least it's not 2020, you know, uh, <laughs> wrapping up this year and, and, and basically devoting every, the, the rest of it, pressing forward, enduring, patient endurance, endurance, uh, having, being filled with this great hope, making it the rest of the way through this, the rest of this year, celebrating in love as we, as we come through the, the Christmas season, you know, Thanksgiving season, giving, giving thanks and pressing in through, through Christmas. And as we, as we, as we you know, bring this year to a close in these next weeks, you know, the next month, month and a half, not just letting it slip by, not just letting it go by the wayside and just like try to get, get through it as, as best as we can and 2021 will be better. Ah, yeah. Because it may not be. It may, be, it may get worse. Who knows? But that's the hope of the gospel. And that's, that's the hope that, you know, that's, that's my, 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 the hope of, you know, my, my encouragement, my inspiration, my inner, you know, what energizes me is, is knowing that no matter what nations have risen and fallen over the last 2,000 years, shoot, the last 6,000 years, that God's people endure. 
all things because Christ is with us. Christ is, is for us. He will never leave us nor forsake us no matter how bad things get. Guys, in the church, this isn't bad. You know, we, you know, there's not an all-out persecution against the church, uh, at least right now. At least, you know, and specifically here in, in America, in the United States of America. And so, but my hope is no matter how bad things get in our culture and in, in our nations, no matter what nations rise, no matter what nations fall, no matter what false deceptions come, which we're going to get to next week, is that no matter what happens, that the church will always be here. You know, I'm not worried about the church going away. Now, church organizations might go away. Like our expression is going to have to change. Our expression as the church will have to shift. And I believe that God has called, has called, has you know, in, in raising this, this, in raising me up, and inspiring me, and, and pointing me in certain directions for the last 16, 17 years or so. Shoot, since college, you know, of 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 steering the church, steering us as God's people, the direction of of obscurity. How can the church flourish? Because the church, as I've, I've as I've known it, can function and and always does flourish in obscurity by people who know who they are in Christ and know who they are and know how to express their identity individually, but more so the church knows their identity as the community and the people come together and they can, and they can express their true identity together as a community and so as we get into the week these next weeks and months i feel like god's god's call in, in my heart and my leadership is to lead us so that we as god's church god jesus's bride can flourish in obscurity can flourish no matter what nations rise or fall around us, no matter if America crumbles, no matter if America flourishes, that the church will thrive, not just survive. God's hope is never that the church survives. God's hope always is that the church thrives because he loves the church. He died for the church. He rose for the church. He's on his throne right now interceding for you, interceding for the church. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation, you are a part of the new creation, the new creation is the church. So get your butt in the church. Stop laying, you know, sitting in the fringes. Stop saying, oh, I'm, I'm worshiping God from my own house with my, you know, alone. No, you can't. No. You cannot worship God properly without the body of Christ. I'm sorry. Okay, actually, no, I'm not sorry. Get your button into the body of Christ. I know. I've been there. I've been hurt by by the organized church. I've been or I've been hurt. I've my my life and my family's life has been negatively affected severely by organized religion. But that doesn't mean that God has given up on it. That doesn't mean that God has given up on his, on getting together with the body of Christ. Even if it's a small group, get your button to a small group. You know, express your faith with brothers and sisters in Christ because you can't obey the over 120 times in the Bible where it says one another without being with one another. There's no way. There's no way. You cannot love your brother or sister in Christ unless you get with them, unless you get together with them. And so put yourself in a position to love your brothers and sisters in Christ, to love what Jesus loves, to love what Jesus redeemed. Whatever that looks like for you. And, and that's why we exist as Shift Church, because we're shifting our thinking. We're, we're shifting our thinking about church and trying to make it authentic, trying to make it real, trying to make it you know, an, you know, organized for the sake of coming together, bringing people together to be the, the presence and the manifestation of Christ himself and his beloved on this earth. 
and growing up in our faith, being transformed by the renewing of our mind, growing up, maturing in the rich knowledge, the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. And the only way that we can do that is together. The best way that we can do that is together because we're better together. So hope that this is, uh, has been encouraging and uplifting and, 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 and inspiring, you know, getting, getting you into the game, get into the game, you know, you know, express your faith with your brothers and sisters in Christ, understand who you are in Christ and dig in to, to have this self-awareness because self-awareness is image of God awareness because you are made in the image and likeness of God. So understanding that image and likeness is this, this self-awareness, which we're going to be talking about more and more and more. Uh, as we as we come into this new year um, and as we press forward into the future of Shift Church. So I love you guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.